Hey, before I start this episode, I wanted to let you know about my meetup white page. Okay, so there is six top things that help my meetup group become one of the most famous talked about meetup groups on the planet, literally. And for you to get that for free, you just go to your text and actually type in 555-888. That's the phone number. And just send the word meetup. Literally, it's that easy. Send the word meetup to 555-888 and get the top six things that made my meetup famous. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and guess who we have today? None other than the Nate Pummel. How are you, Nate? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm fantastic and really excited to have you on the show. So uh, just a bit about Nate is he's married and he has four young daughters. So uh, he's got a crazy life. He's an entrepreneur. Once upon a time, he, he got promoted after 11 months of hard, hard work. He was excited. He was making strides. And uh, he actually saw that, that, um, that bonus and it was a 0.3%. Is that right? 0.3%? Yep. Yeah. And obviously, or a point four, or whatever it was on yeah. on his sales raise, and um, based on that, he decided he needed to do some other things. So about a year ago, he got on with a roof stock, and he's doing out of state fix and flips. So he's been doing that for a little while, and he calls them tenanted properties. Some other people, uh, excuse me, some other people call these what are what is it? The turnkey rental. So with that said, uh, Nate, how is there any part that I missed really on how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Uh, so uh, just backing up, it was, I actually got into investing about three years ago and okay. kind of just through trial and error, I, I kind of fell into uh, basically selling turnkey properties on rootstock. So got it. Started, which started about a year ago. Okay. So it's been three years actually. That's correct. Okay. Okay. What was your very, very first step? What was the first transaction you ever did? Uh, so when I had my uh, third daughter, I knew, you know, I'm going to be up in the middle of the night. So I actually downloaded a book, um, read in the middle of the night, like how can I actually get started in investing? Um, it took me about nine to 12 months of reading books. And, uh, you know, all the stuff you read is, well, you can't, you can't invest out of state don't do it. You got to invest close by, but, uh, you know, I'm in the Denver market like you. Uh, and it, I, I just looked at it and said, I can't invest here. I got to figure something out. Um, okay. so I got onto forums and found a turnkey provider and my first property was actually a turnkey property that I bought in Indiana. Okay. So you, do you still own that turnkey property today? Uh, no. So I actually ended up selling my first two properties to fund my software startup. So um, I, I would still, I potentially would still have it. But as you know, with each property, um, I learn more and more about, you know, what kind of investor I want to be and the skills and kind of where I need to be. And that first turnkey property took up so much capital uh, and I realized I can't move forward. So it was actually perfect timing uh, to kind of get my capital back, fund another kind of fun adventure and uh, continue to, to learn and see what kind of investor I wanted to be. Are you still doing the tech startup? Uh, I am. Okay. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the tech startup. So um, through, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and, you know, based on that 0.4% raise, I, I kind of looked back at my life and I was like, man, I got to start something. 
and uh, I went through a software entrepreneurship class, uh, which was great. Um, and I realized, you know what, I really love investing. So as I'm listening to, you know, podcast after podcast on this long commute uh, to my job, I, I started kind of putting together all the stuff I learned from the software program and investing and found out that, uh, you know, there's these, you know, multi-million dollar investors who are driving the streets with pen and paper capturing properties, essentially driving for dollars. And I said, uh, this is it. I'm going to make software that helps real estate investors uh, capture distressed properties with the push of a button. And so I immediately uh, went home and started charting everything out that I thought uh, it would take to, to make it happen and um, basically created an app where uh, investors now can um, capture and, and market to distressed properties. So that's drive-by REI? Yep, that's drive-by REI. Okay, how many users do you have as we record this? Uh, so right now, um, I'm actually hoping by the end of this month to get over about 2,000 users. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so we are, we're, it's, been a, it's been a slow process, but an awesome learning process. And um, I've built some really good relationships with other investors, just you know, really digging in and, and learning what their needs are. And, um, and not only that, it, you know, when, when you're passionate about investing, um, it really helps kind of drive both of my investing career as well as the, the startup. Okay, so drive-by, does it work for all asset classes? Does it work for um, like self-storage units? Does it work for just single family? Uh, could you go um, into that? Yeah, so it works for uh, single family, most multifamily. Um, I, I don't see why it wouldn't work for a self-storage. I believe as long as it has an address, um, we can look it up and see if there's information in the county that it's in. So um, it was just in, um, originally designed for uh, residential real estate, but I've been using it for multifamily as well. So. Okay, so is it on um, Android and iPhone apps? Yep, yep, it's on, uh, it's on the two major app platforms. Um, and, and the cool thing about our stuff is um, we actually have the phones, uh, we have mobile apps to capture data, and then we have a web app where you can manage the data because uh, you know, we have some users with thousands and thousands of properties that they've pinned. So um, it really helps manage that data to have a nice big screen to look at. Okay, and what does it cost? Uh, so our lowest pricing option is 10 bucks um, and that gets you 50 owners uh, information and it goes up to 400 um, owners. Uh, uh, but if you want to go over that, obviously we can customize anything for users. So we've got some users that are doing 5,000 a month. Uh, we've got some owners that are some users that are doing, you know, 10 a month. Uh, so we really can customize and, the cool thing about uh, the software is we actually have a free version where you can track where you've been. You can still capture the property address without owner info and you can do all the research yourself if you want. Um, but the coolest part is you can use all our marketing tools. So you can use our um, direct mail and we've got skip tracing coming soon. Um, you can use all those uh, without having a subscription. Okay. That, um, so I'm going to have a couple questions on that. The next one is going to be about skip tracing, but you said you use it for multifamily. Mm -hmm. So have you bought multifamily through using this app? Um, I haven't uh, bought a property through there, but I've helped. Uh, so I have a partner and, and we look at all kinds of different markets. So um, we've been using it to get information, to find owners, to find LLCs. So 
we've been using it as part of our due diligence process, um, but we haven't had a chance to uh, make that purchase just yet. Okay. Um, so when you say you've used it as part of your due diligence, what does it do for you in due diligence? Uh, so just to get some specs, uh, it also provides some light financial information. So last time it was purchased and the purchase price, hmm. um, which has been helpful. So we use the app to find out, you know, is the, uh, when was the last time it was purchased? Cause if it was just purchased, we take it off the list. Um, if it's been, you know, 10 plus years, uh, then we keep it on the list and, uh, and, and, and choose to market to those and, and try to find a way to get a hold of the owner or the property manager to see if we can start uh, get, to get the discussion going. Okay, let's say that we're looking at a 60-unit apartment building that we drove by and we get on the app and it's called, um, oh, I drive by REI. It mm-hmm. rhymes, I like that. Drive by REI. <laughs> and, um, and we just look up the address. What happens then we do we see the owner do we see the llc who owns it what what's the first step so um whatever's listed on the county assessor website is what you get um typically uh you know the mom and pops will have it in their name uh some of the bigger investors you'll see it's an llc uh we're currently working to have another functionality where you can look up that llc to find out what who owns that llc but uh right now you click on that property you get the Google screen view so you can verify, you know, is this the right property? And then you get uh, beds, baths, owner information, um, and then, you know, purchase price, taxes, tax assessed value, stuff like that. Okay. And what about the owner's phone number? So that will be coming in our skip tracing. You'll get the owner's phone number. You'll get uh, the email address if it's on there. And you'll get all the phone numbers associated with that property and that name. Um, so what we're seeing is that some users uh, may find a brother's phone number. And you can call them and find out, you know, who, who owns this? Has somebody passed away? Um, you know, who's the right person to talk to for this property? Okay. And you said for 50 people, it costs you $10? Yep. For yep. 50 different properties. Okay, and you and I correct me if I'm wrong, I thought that you also said that the skip tracing comes for free, no extra charge when the skip tracing is ready. Nope, so we actually had to change our business model. We're actually going to be partnering with another uh, company for this. Um, our skip tracing will be probably one of the top skip tracers, um, but we will be charging a, a small fee. Uh, for the information. Uh, the difference is, is that there's essentially no minimums. So that's where the advantage will come by using Drive-By REI. So you know, there's other services out there where you may need to uh, sign up for a membership or you know, it could cost you a dollar. Uh, we're hoping to be half of that and uh, no minimums. Okay. Amazing stuff. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the real estate that you um, are doing. Uh, aside from uh, this, you also are doing out-of-state rentals with roofs, roof stock, right? Correct. All right. So um, you're the one who goes, you buy it off of this lead generation company. You're the buyer and then you flip it and you get a tenant in it and then you sell it? That's correct. Yep. How does so, that work? Yeah. So um, it's it's been... I kind of fell into this, which is really cool. So when I was looking for capital for um, the software, um, you know, I had these two rentals. I'm, you know, halfway through a lease. I talked to a couple of my agents in Indiana and they're saying, you know, they're going to charge me, you know, six to six and a half percent to sell them. 
Um, obviously there's a tenant in place, so I could either wait another six months, um, sell it when the lease is up, or I'm going to have to find another investor. And so as I started digging around, I found Roofstock and uh, Roofstock is essentially a nationwide platform. It's actually an international platform and uh, where users can go buy um, investment properties. And so um, for, for this round, it was just a way for me to get cash. So I actually sold my rentals, um, but they charged two and a half percent. And, uh, you know, I sold uh, those two properties in under 30 days. And I'm like, oh man, this is fantastic. So I ended up calling my rep at Roofstock and I'm like, can I just, you know, do this with any property I find? And he's like, sure. So we just created a small process where I started vetting, um, you know, leads that I had found uh, through my leads or my sellers in Indiana. And um, kind of just created this process where I started buying them, uh, fixing them up, posting them on the website and uh, getting them sold in under 30 days. So it's uh, well list to sale 30 days, but it takes me anywhere from 90 to 120 days to buy rehab and sell. Awesome. What about the purchase prices? Uh, relative to what you would say the market price is, how they go on Roofstock? Uh, let's see. So one of the deal examples I bought, let's see, for, I want to say I'm all in at uh, our purchase price 52, about 15 to 20 on the rehab and I sold it for 92. What so, is the, I guess my question though, is what's the uh, the market value? You sold it for 92, but what is it worth? Is it worth 92? Is yep. it worth 100? Okay. Yeah. So I've basically been selling it as close to market value as I can. Got it. Have you, just curious, have you ever um, been surprised on how low one of yours sold or how high one of them sold? So um, I've been really surprised at how fast some of them sold. I'm actually going to take, I'm, I'm getting ready to take my first loss. I had a bunch of stuff that had come up um, that was unexpected and, you know, timing of the year, you know, after Christmas, um, the market has slowed down and uh, that's where um, I will end up probably taking a loss on this one where it's actually a better return than my other properties that I've sold. But for whatever reason, um, I'm going to end up probably selling it for, for much less than I, I need to, to make money. So big, big learning for me on that one. Okay. Well, let's just dive into that, that deal a little bit. Um, to basically answer the question of what are you specifically going to do differently the next time you have a property in this area and need to sell around this time? Um, so the, the cool thing about our process is that we, because they're tenanted, um, I can continue the cash flow if I do fall into a lull. So um, right now, if I were to keep the property for three or four more months, I can start making up some of that cash that I'll lose upon sale. Um, so that's kind of my uh, safeguard, which is why I was really interested in this model. Um, but yeah, the learnings, you know, this, this property, unfortunately, uh, from day one was kind of, kind of a red flag. Um, but things have been moving smooth. Uh, it needed more rehab than any of the previous properties that I had done. Um, so this one was probably, probably needed more work, uh, than, than the model would, uh, sustain. So I would say I need to probably gear more towards more of the cosmetic, uh, flips that don't have as many issues. And, uh, you know, the area is an okay area, probably need to be a better area for this type of property. What city is it in? This is in Indy. 
Okay. Um, everything that you have is in Indianapolis? Um, so I actually just branched out at the fourth quarter last year into Pennsylvania. So okay. I've got two in the works right now in Pennsylvania. Um, and I've got two for sale um, in Indy. Okay. How hard was it? Uh, was there any struggles when you moved uh, to a new market into Pennsylvania? Uh, yeah. So it turns out Roofstock isn't in all markets. Oh. <laughs> so found that out the, uh, I get, not necessarily the hard way, but we tried to convert them into this market. Um, and what we're finding is, you know, you really have to find the markets um, depending on obviously the demand. Uh, so going into a new market is always tough. Indies, Indies kind of a hot market just in terms of perception because everybody talks about Indy. So I think going into a market like Pennsylvania, it's more of a sub market in Pennsylvania is probably, um, I probably need to be a little bit more cautious with that. Um, and so uh, it's just outside of Pittsburgh. Um, still an interesting market, but again, it's the tough part is just building the team to find the properties, find a property manager, um, find an agent, you know, make sure everything is kind of ducks in a row uh, to enter that new market. Um, and that's actually where I feel like more of my skill set is building, is building those teams. Cool. Um, when you say that's your skill set, is building the teams, and knowing that many people have a, a hard time with that, um, what is it that you do differently that allows you to do it uh, significantly better than the average person? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, for me, it's been, I've had to really change my mindset to, to start to say yes uh, more often. And because I'm, I'm naturally more of an introvert. Um, and, and really, it's been just reaching out to agents and property managers. And, and the way that I started with Roofstock is I actually just found out who the preferred property manager, managers were on Roofstock's platform. And I started conversations with them. And then I kind of just asked, you know, what agents do you guys typically work with? And, and, I, and, and honestly, it's, it's, you know, people always say it's a numbers game with properties. I think it's also a numbers game with agents and property managers. So I've just been trying to talk to as many as I can, make as many connections as I can, and, uh, you know, just consistently stay involved um, and just constantly following up to let people know, like, hey, I'm, I'm serious about this. You know, I'm not uh, just going to waste your time. I'm a little bit slower to buy, I think, than your average investor uh, because I, um, one, I, it takes me a while because I've had a lot going on to, to look at stuff. but. Um, I'm also very cautious. So um, just talking to as many people as I can and building that relationship. And then I just try to use my, I guess, best judgment to make sure, um, you know, that I can trust them. And I, based on the information they provide me and how they talk to me is, is kind of the gauge that I use um, to decide, you know, who should I be trusting? Who should I not? Um, and I've, and I typically have a lot of checks. So I work with multiple agents. So if somebody gives me a rent number, I always go verify it against, um, either another property manager or another agent until I can build that confidence up to understand, okay, this is a good relationship that we're building. And, and like everyone says, right, it's, we're really looking for mutual benefit relationships. So I want uh, agents and property managers to be able to rely on me um, uh, so I can rely on them. Great. Thank you for going into that. It is time for the final five. So we will be right back. It's time to get serious about something. And one thing I'm passionate about is trying to stop the injustice of sex trafficking. The statistics are staggering. 
Right now, over a million young boys and young girls are trapped in the commercial sex industry around the world. Well, what I'm excited to share with you today is that my friends at Destiny Rescue exist to ensure that every child can lay his or her head on a pillow at night and sleep, not work. I encourage you to take a moment to learn how you can join the fight by visiting destinyrescue.org. Perfect. We're back. So, Nate Pummel, what is the most creative deal you've ever done? Uh, so recently, I just bought a nine unit in Pennsylvania, um, and it's the first time that I've actually seeked a private lender. So I have no money of my own in the deal. Uh, so that that was a big step for me. Um, it, it makes me feel like I'm progressing as an investor. <laughs> nice. Give us some more details of that. Like, what was the purchase price? How much did you borrow? How were you able to get the private money? Where did you meet that person? Just some more details so um, we could replicate the same thing. Yeah. So um, I reached out to, um, again, I, by trying to say yes uh, to more people, I, I found a, a company that um, had this uh, nine unit building. They were selling it for $250, um, which is pretty, it's a pretty solid per unit in the area way under rent. And, um, I had actually met my private money investor through a mutual friend. And, um, I just kind of kept them in the loop and said, Hey, this is kind of, um, this is the process. I'm doing things on Roofstock, And, and I was kind of just meeting them because they actually lived in that market up, uh, around the Pittsburgh area. So I originally reached out to them as more of a, again, a, a check to go drive, um, by the houses that I'm interested in. And, when I found this nine unit, I just reached out and said, Hey, I'm looking at this uh, nine unit. Um, what are you thinking? And uh, we kind of ran the numbers together. And then uh, he essentially uh, borrowed me or lent me the money. So nice. uh, expensive, but uh, got the money. All right. So he lent all of the money. And Correct. did you use a bank at all? No bank. Okay. Nope. Yep. Just uh, he's in first position um, on the nine unit. And, and it's 100% loan to value. Correct. That's well, awesome. Yeah. So it, yeah. Loan to cost. Loan to cost. Okay. Yeah. Good distinction. What book do you recommend? Um, you know, I think one thing, and I, I know everybody talks about it. I know Rich Dad Poor Dad is, is, you know, so popular amongst real estate investors, but you know, when I talk to people that aren't involved uh, in real estate, I mean, I always recommend that book because it's, it's more than a finance book. It's more of a mindset, mindset shift book. Um, and I would say that was one of the things that really just validated kind of the feelings I had at the time. I, I always knew that that was where I needed to head. And when I read that book, it was finally like, ah, oh, validation, like this is where I need to head. Um, so I, I really like that book, especially for people who aren't finance people. Um, it, I think that's a, it's just a, a great book. Thank you. Where were you five years ago? You know, five years ago, I was working at a job, just a normal nine to five. I had an hour commute and I was on the train going, you know, I was talking, I've got little kids and they were saying, you know, how come you get home so late? Uh, I'm getting home at, you know, 630. They go to bed at seven and it was starting to really crush me that they were asking. And, you know, I, I know, I think I've told this story uh, to some, some other people, uh, but my daughter um, said that she would give me money if I could, you know, uh, stay home. Cause I told her, Hey, she's like, why do you work? And I'm like, well, I work so I can, you know, pay for this house and, you know, pay for food. And she's like, I'll give you my money. And I was like, Oh man, that is like, it just crushed me. 
So that is really, and I told her, you know what, in, in two years, I will find a job closer to home, which I did. And then, uh, which has kind of all led me to, to where I'm at today. Awesome. And do you work from home or? Nope. Nope. So I still work uh, my normal nine to five. I'm a finance manager. So still, still enjoy doing that. It's, um, uh, it, it's flexible. So, which is nice. Uh, but I am ultimately, you know, in five years looking to potentially, you know, kind of just depends. I got four kids, so I got a lot of expenses, but, uh, you know, at, at some point, you know, the real estate being a full-time investor and, and uh, software developer, or software owner would be awesome. 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 Are any other goals five years from now? Um, you know, really one of the biggest goals for me is I'd like to buy a single family for each one of my kids. Uh, so that's kind of the, the my short term goal right now is uh, oh. more buy and holds. Um, and it's, uh, it's essentially going to be their wedding slash college fund. So right now it's, I'm looking for four single families that I can use to teach them about real estate and uh, kind of put those off to the side to make sure that um, you know, they're set. How do you give back? You know, one of the coolest things I would say is some of the best relationships I've found are, are the people that answer the phone. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, and you're, and you're a good example of that. So you, you took the time just to chat with me, um, when I reached out on LinkedIn and I've met some of the best people for, for software and real estate and, um, and investing just because people were willing to, to talk. Um, and so that's one thing that I'm trying to model. Um, so as newer investors reach out to me and, you know, even we get a lot of new investors that use the software. And so one of the things that we try to do is, is really answer all their questions. I, I, I don't mind jumping on the phone with any of them um, just to talk about, you know, where are they headed? What are they doing? What do they need? Um, because I've found that that has been the best thing for me. And I would say the most thing that I'm most appreciative of are, are the people that just, just answer the phone or call you back. It's been, it's been amazing. Great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's really, really good. And if people want to reach out to you, if they want to find you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So I'm on, uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, you can always reach out there or uh, you can feel free to email me at nate at drivebyrei.io. And that's, uh, you spell the by with a B-U-Y. B-U-Y. Yep. Okay. All right. You cut out for me. I don't know if the listener heard that too, but uh, it sounded like you said B-Y, but it's drive B-U-Y-R-E-I.io. So it's not .com or .net or whatever. It's .io. Nate says that's the what the cool kids are doing these days. And also, um, so that's his email, Nate at drive by R-E-I. And if you want to find uh, .io. And if you want to find the app that he built, you just go to drivebyrei.io. And then finally, one thing that I know we're going to implement in our business is just checking out Roofstock because I'm selling a portfolio of 18 small little properties and uh, just getting rid of all the small stuff. And we were about to pay 6% realtor commissions. And uh, Nate said that you can go to Roofstock and sell your property for two and a half if it's in an area. So uh, we're going to do that. We're going to hurry and try to get everything on Roofstock instead of on with these with the realtors and save a little bit of money and hopefully get them done in 30 days. Nate, I uh, want to just share, say one thing. You've shared so much awesome advice, uh, really good information. I love that you're doing all this while you have a nine to five. It proves what can be done. 
if you focus on it. So thank you for coming on the show. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.